You are listening to Faithless Brewing, a Magic the Gathering podcast for the Spike Road. Each week we design new decks for tournament play. We put our creations to the test and share our findings on the air. Magic has a brand new combo and her name is Rona. There are infinite ways to go infinite with Mox Amber, Retraction Helix, and maybe even a hint of Kethis combo. We're going to brew them all in Pioneer and Modern. Then on the flashback, testing results with Chrome Host Seed Shark. That's all coming up on Faithless Brewing. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Faithless Brewing Podcast. I am David Robertson, and I am joining you from the Twin Cities. Unfortunately, Mr. Cave Dan is not here right now. He is off in Taiwan, enjoying some well-earned family time. I am instead joined by my guy from the Southern Lands. He is Mord, Mordekaiser. What is going on, my friend? Hey, oh, well, great, David. Been a while since we've seen this the two of us. I know. What have you been up to? All good. A bit of work here and there. Getting some stuff in the houses fixed now that we have the new income and all is good. Excellent. How about you? How are we going to utilize our beautiful time together now that Dan has escaped to Taiwan with the family? <laughs> well, we'll probably have to uh, brew is, is, I guess, what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm fresh. I went and watched my brother run the uh, Boston Marathon, so I'm back. Oh. How was it? I had never seen it before. Man, the Boston Marathon is freaking awesome. The whole town comes out. A Boston Red Sox game gets out in like mile 20. There's all these crazy co-eds at um, an all-girls school. I'm trying to think of what it's called. There's like a, the Screaming Tunnel. <laughs> so downtown Boston was just packed with people. And the Celtics and the Bruins are in the playoffs. They had home games that, that weekend. So yeah, the city was buzzing. It was a hell of an event. If anyone... Enjoy sporting events that are unique. Uh, that was the coolest marathon by far I've been to, and I've, I've attend, attended many. So, I haven't attended that many marathons. I think two might be the number. Well, it sounds lame, right? You're just watching like men and women with very little body fat like jog by you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, a, you know, it's just it's amazing to watch how fast these people run. That's the first thing. Like on mile 26, they're still running fives or four fifties or whatever the heck these crazy people are doing. Yeah, the, the fact that they can keep a reasonably fast speed consistently, it's insane. Like, they can keep the speed some of us can reach Yeah, 42 kilometers. Yeah, and then, and then just, like, the city being so into it uh, was, was awesome. I mean, we were out until, like, 2 in the morning. Everyone was, like, buying us drinks at the bar. We were just toasting random dudes, Boston bros. So, highly recommend Boston and bought the Boston Marathon to anyone who's interested. That sounds fun. So, wait, how, how, how long are marathons in USA? 42 kilometers? 26.2 miles, which All I'm right, guessing so, is exactly yeah. 40, whatever you said, kilometers. Yeah, because the reason it's 42 kilometers is because it's the distance they run the, in, during the Battle of Marathon. Yes, yep. I was assuming if they, if they actually kept that or they just changed it to 42 miles because that's the American way. No, I think 42 miles uh, is a little <laughs> ambitious. <laughs> or, I, or just like half the, like 
25 miles and give it like a straight run number and just yeah. said this is no, our marathon it's 26.2 and it goes all the way back i mean even still today the the i'm forgetting the ethiopian gentleman's name that won the race they still put yeah. the the you know the crown with the i don't know the very grecian looking thing with the i don't <laughs> know what you call it yeah but i i get the i get the perfect image i just have no idea how you would call that right all right so that's enough for a marathon set of events. <laughs> How about the brewing side? Who are we looking for today? Yeah, so this was, we just did our first week. Uh, we focused on the Seed Shark. We'll talk about our results there. Our next card this week is Rona. This is a card that is just starting to blow up as we record this. I think uh, Todd Anderson has, is playing it in the weekend challenges and a bunch of other people. I actually played it a couple times uh, during this brew week. People trying out Rona shells. Um, Super powerful card. I think it's a little unfortunate, actually. Dan wants it, these cards to just be like value shells. And it's it's actually just kind of a miserable play experience. It's just uh, another <laughs> no interact, uh, you know, solitaire kind of deck. But whatever. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the details of that in a second. But... but before we do that, we want to give a shout out to our newest patrons. They are Michael X and Austin B. A hearty welcome to both of those individuals. Thank you very much for joining um, just a reminder that if you enjoy the work we do here and you'd like to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash faithless brewing and join at whatever level you like. There's lots of discussion in the discord, especially once we, uh, start getting into these new sets. Once we start getting our hands on the cards, we are even going to go over a brew from someone on our discord in our, uh, next uh, session after this. So really interesting idea, um, kind of a splinter twin situation in Pioneer. Um, hmm. Yeah, so if you're interested in, in stuff like that, that the Discord is the place to be. Exactly. So thank you to our new patrons, and let's get to our brew session for today. All right, so our card is Rona, Herald of Invasion. Tell me about this one, Mord. So we got a beautiful two mana, one three human wizard, one and a blue. For a creature that the most interesting line of text one would assume would be the backside, because we have a card that says that not only you can tap to make a to use it as a Merfolk Looter effect, draw a card and discard a card, but also five mana and a Phyrexian Black to transform it into a Rona Tolarian Obliterator. Which in the name not only being a reminiscence of Phyrexian Obliterator, because it's a 5-5 trampler, that whenever a soul steals damage to it, the owner exiles a card from their hand and you may pay it for free. However, this is all nice and dandy and beautiful lines of text, but we don't care about anything of it. We care about the fact that whenever you cast a legendary spell, you untap Rona, Herald of Invasion. We don't care about anything else. We're simple people. We care about an easy creature to untap. Isn't that right? Yeah, and I think, you know, in Standard, there is a Legends deck already. Uh, we won't go into the... It's been, a, it's been a ubiquitous topic, right? How many Legends they've been printing... They have these lands that are reduced by the presence of legends, so they're like uncounterable spells. We have lands that make five color co five colors for legends. Yeah, so so obviously Wizards is pushing legends. Uh, we won't you know belabor the the commander aspect of it. So this is a card that in theory is just this value looter that can loot multiple times a turn, and then you know whatever attack with your Rafine. and that can eventually flip into this card that threatens to win the game, right? And it's difficult to block because it gives you free spells. Unfortunately or fortunately, that's really not how this card is going to be used in Pioneer uh, or in Modern, right? So the the Transform side being Demir, Dan has all these notes about the triggers for the Phyrexian Wizard. 
it just doesn't really matter. I mean, the the like you say, the combination is basically the Mox Amber Retraction Helix Rona interaction that we outlined when we were talking about this card uh, when it was spoiled. That's the that's the thing, right? I mean, that, that's all we're basically going to be trying to do with this card. I don't know if Retraction Helix is playable in modern, um, so that might hold Rona back. But it is certainly playable in Pioneer, and it was like a tier two or three deck already. Uh, Retraction Helix with like Emery and uh, Ascendancy. So why not just add Rona to the mix? It kind of is a built-in combo by itself. Some people, I think, saw Interaction immediately. And not only is it costing a lot of scars to sky up, like not only Rona, but it's taking Chase. Chase Prince Prodigy is going back to its beautiful glory days. Yeah, you can even play Jace with this card because it's more or less on plan. Um, and when we talked about this uh, during Spoiler Week, a looter is a very powerful card to have as part of your combo because it helps you search for the other pieces. So it's not like Pestermite or something where it doesn't do anything once it's in play. You know, you just hope you draw the other part. Rona just actively tries to find the Mox Amber, actively tries to find the Retraction Helix. Casting Mox Amber actually lets you loot again. <laughs> um <laughs> So it, it just starts tearing through your deck and trying to find the, the right card. So maybe just walk us through how the combo works more for people that can't picture it in their mind's eye. All right, so three-card combo. So a bit of a splinter twin situation, but in Pioneer, the thing is, one of these cards is amazing, one is medium, and the other is Retraction Helix. So we start with Rona, Mox Amber, and that's pretty logical, right? A Mox Amber allows you to get mana, not only when you play it for free without Antabrona, but then you add Retraction Helix, which is an instant that has seen... It, I think it has been a combo piece since its inception, like maybe even in standard when it was printed. Yeah, I think um, uh, that Taiwan player top aided with a Retraction Helix list. They would put like Retraction Helix on Sylvan Carry added with Ascendancy, I think. And go off. Yeah. So a combo card since day one... Until end of turn, target creature gains. You may tap it to return target non-land permanent to its owner hand. So you have a running play that isn't summoning seek, or well, it could be summoning seek if you have another card that allows it to activate during your turn, as if it was just played. We're gonna get into that in a second. You play your mock summer, which causes it to untap it. In response to a trigger, you can loot. And when you play Retraction Helix, now you have a Rona that allows you to keep bouncing your mock summer, netting you infinite mana and infinite looting. So you tap your Rona. Bounce back your Mox Amber, play your Mox Amber, untap Rona, tap it for blue, repeat infinite times or as many times as you desire. Well, not infinite. Well, you, do, you don't get infinite looting if you're making infinite mana. Sorry, yeah. You're making, you, you either make infinite mana or infinite looting. You're right. Well, you can't loot infinitely because you don't get to blink the amber. Oh, right. You're right, right. Yeah, you need another piece. You make infinite mana. So you just make infinite mana. So you're, you're just... Blinking Mox Amber, recasting Mox Amber, it's untapping Rona, which keeps this Retraction Helix text for the rest of the turn. The Mox yeah. Amber taps for at least blue if you have Rona. If you have other Legends, obviously you can get other mana. So, okay, we have infinite blue mana, and then the ways to win, you know, you can pick. I think people have settled on um, Karn as maybe the best option, just a card that, you know, can find... A, it, it can find the Mox Amber, you, so you can play your fourth Mox Amber in your sideboard, which is really cool. And then you can play your win condition in the sideboard as well. But yeah, it also works with Unctus because it taps over and over again, so you can loot your entire deck if you like. Uh, you can play a Diligent Excavator, you can mill your opponent, you can fill your graveyard if you like. So yeah, th those are kind of your options, right? 
So yeah. But the one I have seen the most popular besides Karn is another new card that has... A lot of people have tried to make work, but suddenly have failed and this might be the deck for it, which is actually Tybar. Tybar allows you to go through your whole deck as well, right? Just You just start bouncing Tybar. Yeah, because if Tybar's in play, if Tybar's in play, you can tap your Mox Amber for black and green on these loops. So you make an infinite amount of black and green. Then you can bounce Tybar play Tyvar, untap your because Tyvar's a legend as well, it untaps your uh, looter and then you can just do that infinite let's say you have infinite black and green in your mana and then Tyvar minus threes and uh, finds whatever, a two mana creature over and over again. Yeah, and Tyvar synergizes particularly well with Trona or well any creature as you can just tap it the turn you put it into play, be it for its ability or for Etruxian Helix. Yeah. And and that does matter. I mean, the 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 Tyvar aspect of it is very powerful. Um, I've I've played against a version of the deck that played Tyvar and Karn, and it was actually like with the full eight mana elves. It was pretty impressive. I thought the deck was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I I wish there was more to say about it. You know, it's like selling Splinter Twin combo. There's not much to say. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it just quite simple. So so I think you know. I think multiple people, and, and we'll talk about a lot of people who've been having success, they've even mentioned it in their in their Twitter feeds. Like, this is just an arms race to find the best combo shell. Whatever it is, we'll kind of just settle on for a while. And, you know, if it's too good, they'll probably have to ban Mox Amber. And if it's not too good, it's just another, you know, very powerful linear deck that doesn't care about it, care to interact in Pioneer. And apparently the deck has been powerful. Like, if I'm not mistaken, Todd Anderson is the bounty on the Mana Trader series today, and he's literally playing this deck. Yeah, I think a handful of people are. And um, yeah, we're gonna, so we're going to walk through some shells here of people who have had some success. The other thing, I mean, we'll just mention it, but if you flip Rona, you can try to damage it. And um, if you have an Emrakul in your hand... <laughs> Well, that's the secondary combo, right? Yeah. So the other side of Rona is, what if we play Rona in modern alongside Emrakul? And not only does she work as a looter, so we can Gorius mentions back the Emrakul, but also if we get to flip the Rona and one of the last cards in our hand is an Emrakul, or we do a lot of damage to Rona, we can actually just get an Emrakul into play for free. And not only that, we can get the cast trigger. Right, and a cast trigger Emrakul is not 100% winning the game, but it's basically winning the game. Yeah, it makes it so, even if you get Solitude, that, as it tends to happen, it's not that sad. Right. So, we have two combos for Rona, and in Modern, even if you play the first combo, if you go for like the Mox Amber Shell, you have eight copies of Retraction Helix, if I'm not mistaken. Vanishing Knack is the s literally the same card. Yeah, I, I don't know what Vanishing Knack is, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I think it's word for word Retraction Helix, but from Lorwyn. Oh, okay. Ah. So if you want to play that route, you have eight copies, and if some madman is able to combine both decks, I would upload them. However, there's a third small shell for Rona that has been sold to us by a member of our Discord. With Kethys. Ah, uh, yes. Sadly, this is not Bionier legal, but... For all our arena lovers, we have some historic shells for Kethys here in the shell alongside, well, modern, if Kethys ever sees the light of day again in modern. He's just hidden underneath the carpet, you know. No one <laughs> even looks at him. Poor Kethys. Yeah, so Aaron, uh, in parentheses, Mild Pro in our Discord, has been working on a historic version, and he said that 
he thinks that Rona makes it so that Kethis is the best deck in Historic without a doubt. Now, obviously we'll have to play a few more games <laughs> before we make that type of determination. Yeah, it's it's a strong sentence. I'm not sure if it's the best Historic deck, but it has some legs, and the fact that you can go super deep between Rona and Kethis has been super fun. Kethis is a really fun card. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of banned, even though it wasn't a very good card in Pioneer at the time, but it's, again, it's a card that basically no one plays fair, right? If you're putting Kethis in your deck, you're trying to win if you untap with Kethis. That's what Rona, unfortunately, is, right? It's not, oh, I'm going to loot away a Madness card or something. It's, it's You're just trying to win the next turn. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it may be the, may be the case. I, I don't know anything about Historic. Um, it's probably too early, one way or another, to say that it's the best deck, but it certainly it sounds like it's on the right power level for Historic, so that's that's worth noting. Yeah, I, I'm not quite of a Historic expert. I don't know about you, David. I have barely touched the format. No, I don't even know it's legal, and I don't know... Because <laughs> it also has the random cards, right? And then they yeah. also some of them are nerfed because of alchemy. Exactly. So, so it's yeah, I, I, won't even, I won't even pretend. If, if someone's playing in the deck a lot and they say the deck is broken... I'm going to trust them blindly. Yeah. Uh, that at least means the deck is good, right? It's it's a playable deck. It's it has yeah good matchups across a reasonable spread of the format. Whether it's broken, right? We we'll just run that experiment for a little bit before we make that determination. I would love to someday see a more fair bill of Kethis. It's like what if Varal and Pasting Flames had a child, but it was only work for legendaries. Yeah, that's about right. And then you have Kethis. It's a three mana three four in absent colors because why not? Oh, good old Kethys. But let's go back to our main article. The reason we have you here, David, our pioneer expert as we talk about Trona. Why? Yeah, so I kind of like threw out two shells. I think like the technology in these is already pretty old, honestly. Um, the Rona tech is evolving by the hour. Yeah, exactly. Like, insanely fast. It's like when the computer becomes self-aware and it just starts advancing itself. But yeah, so the first shell I have here takes advantage of Jeskai Ascendancy. So Jeskai Ascendancy kind of allows you to create your own uh, Rona combo with anything, uh, blinking Mox Amber over and over again. Um, that goes infinite with Unctus, and then you can play your Thassa's Oracle. Uh, this shell is very similar to one that Timu, who's a streamer, I think it's T-I-E-M-U-U-U on Twitter. Yeah, um, super cool brewer and pioneer. Uh, he had a bunch of sweet finishes with an old version before uh, Rona was printed. So I basically took his general shell, added an Unctus, added for Rona, added a Thassa's Oracle, um, cut some of the cards I didn't really like, and then basically ended up here. So not too far off from, like I said, an, an already existing deck, and you basically added a s entire second way to combo outside of that. Yeah. So all the ditch that's evolving. Let me know if I'm mistaken. So people literally realize, okay, so we have Splinter Tree at home with Mox Amber and Rona alongside Retraction Helix. What do we do with the rest of the shell? People are trying to find what is the perfect fourth and fifth card for that, exactly? Yep. All right. And it seems the armor race is going fast. Yeah, so I think we'll, we'll talk about people who have actually played decks already uh, that have started with this type of shell, and I think they've made some improvements on it. So. You know, this is where I started, and like I said, I just took from Timu, who is, a, I think, one of the better Ascendancy players in the, um, Ascendancy Retraction players in, in the format. And then the other shell I had was to try to use Omen Hawker, which Dan loves. 
Um, so we actually have the dreaded double combo here. We have Wizard Class with Benthic Biomancer and Thassa's Oracle, and then we have Rona with Mox Amber and Retraction Helix. Um, and then the thought is that Omen Hawker also lets you flip your Rona if you want for the quote unquote fair plan. Uh, but Omen Hawker also pays to level up Benthic Biomancer. You can level up Wizard Class on turn two, and then on the following turn, put it to the final level, and then you could play Benthic Biomancer and win the next turn. Um, and then you have Unctus to like loot through your whole deck, and then you just have a suite of black interaction, so push and Thoughtseize. Yeah, I love that the Black Splash is for a one of Lassav and the eight black staples in Pioneer. Yes. And then, like, the sideboard is mostly black, of course. Yeah, yeah, because playing blue sideboard... Blue doesn't have good sideboard cards, yeah. You get Dispute and Ethergast. Yep. So, yeah, and again, this type of shell, I think, is already too old. Um, I think I had really disliked the Green Splash with Tyvar in my, like, more fair decks, but I think in the unfair decks, it actually makes a lot of sense to play Tyvar, and I think people have started to... um, basically discover that as soon as they started playing because the combo actually goes so fast um you don't mind not having like the ability to grind into the late game in fact most people are even playing mana confluence they're not worried about their mana being bad yeah so what i have seen is like the super annoying line of turn two rona your opponent kills it and and because rappling pioneer generally killing a rona on turn two is gonna involve your opponent tapping down as a sorcery or an instant speed but using both of their mana and then you just go ahead and go Tyvar minus two, get back Rona, play a Moxamber win. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and that's insane. That's just going off like that, like, yeah, now I go. So yeah, let's let's highlight some people who've been trying out cool decks here. So Nathan Goldberg, Nathan of the Guilt Leaf, uh, is at Paradox Engine with a one instead of an I in engineer, Paradox Engineer. Um posted a list here they are eight and two so far and they um are playing a black blue list like i am but they are getting rid of omen hawker because they're not trying to make dan happy and (laughs) they are instead basically playing four tyvar so they are playing diligent excavator as a way to fill their graveyard they are playing uh jace friends prodigy four of rona four of they're still playing the eight black interaction spells two helix four Spell, excuse me, four Helix, two Spell Pierce, four Consider. 22 land, everything comes into play untapped, uh, including four Mana Confluence, and then three Karn. Um, so Karn can find your fourth Mox Amber, and Karn basically, you know, just allows you to uh, find your condition to win the game, so. Playing Omen Hooker is literally just to keep Dan happy. It's like appeasing to the gods. Yeah, right, exactly. No, Dan, we're trying the Omen Hooker. Trust us, Dan. We're going to make it work. And on the sidelines, you just see people trimming it and trying Karn and Tyvar. Yeah, so in the in the sideboard, you have Unctus as a Karn target, which is really cool. I always forget it's an artifact, so you can loot through your entire deck if you like. Um, and basically, you just find Diligent Excavator, you find a Tyvar, you bring back Excavator, and then you just loop, loop and your opponent gets milled out. Exactly. I have seen a lot of tech lists running only three Mox Ambers. Do you have any insight into this? I was a bit surprised. It lets Karn fetch the fourth. That's that's the only oh, reason. Oh, that's the only reason. Okay, yeah. yeah. So right. I, I I was thought the same thing too. I was like, man, I really wanted like to maximize my Mox Amber, but they... Then then you see the Karns. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, 
I hate to say it, but like, and I'm trying not to be like sour about it, but this is just all the things I find annoying. It's another deck that doesn't want to really interact except for to protect the combo. And then Karn is just like a really poorly designed card, I think, where you have this like weird tutor effect of your sideboard. So you get to play like one of each of these random win conditions. And then, yeah, that's it. That's the deck, right? So, so, but anyway, super cool list. Um, Nathan Goldberg is eight and two so far. Um, all right. Another shell people are trying. Jeskai Ascendancy Combo. We want to shout out Casey Lancaster. Casey Lancaster 9 on Twitter uh, said he played Ascendancy to a 7-1 this morning before he had work meetings. Hmm. Uh, he does point out in his list he is playing Dig. And if you're going to do that already, you should play Sahili instead of um, Third Path Iconoclast because you're already missing out on um Giganta. I see most people agree that if you can play Giganta, just play it. I mean, I think Dig Through Time in these lists is actually better. I, for a while, they were playing T Cruise, but I, I think Dig was always the better card, and people were just kind of had like the memory because key cards really matter. Each card is not replaceable. If you're playing a combo deck, Dig Through Time is insanely better than Treasure yeah. Cruise. Treasure Cruise is better when you're just playing a bunch of cards that all look like Lightning Bolt, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I agree completely. It just brings me back to the days before I started playing where people were playing Burn with Treasure Cruise, where literally every card is the same. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the thing here that I love is playing Skrell, so that protects your combo creatures. And then there's a bunch of different ways to give their creature haste. So, three bitter reunion, one maximized velocity, which can also be played from your graveyard, to sort of create our own Tyvar, right? So, we don't get to play Karn, or we're cho they're choosing not to play Karn. But you get this Ascendancy, so you can win with Ascendancy Emery, even if they, you know, get rid of all your Ronas or whatever. Um, and then you have all these ways to give it haste or Skrell to protect it until it gets to your next turn. So, uh, you know, I think this is just a huge improvement on the list that I proposed. But yeah, the, again, the, the primary interaction is just we're looping our deck infinitely. Uh, in this case, if you make infinite mana, you can actually flip your Rona to a creature with Trample. So you don't need it. Like, we used to have to sometimes play, like, Ornithopter to get in there with our 2020 creature. Rona just does it. Rona just goes in. Becomes yeah, a it, Trampler and just swings. Yeah, it becomes a, you know, it becomes a 5-5 Trample base, and it keeps all the plus one, plus ones you added from your Jeskai Ascendancy loops. Um, and then there's also a Singleton Altar of the Brood. Uh, there's even a note here that he thinks that Altar Brood is better main deck instead of Thoracle. Because it's a backup kill with Emery. Okay. And it also lets you find uh, it during your loops with with uh, an Emery as well, if you have an active Emery. So this is like a second school of thought, right? You have the Sky decks using Rona as a plan B, and then you have the all-in on plan Rona decks. Yeah. I have seen more of the maximizing Rona results just because of how insane they are sometimes with Tyvar. But where do you lay there? Do you think Sky might be on the better streak just because you have multiple axes of attack instead of just spurheading your way? So I think that this deck th that we that we just described is maybe a little better against like the Thoughtseize push type of interaction because yeah. you have the like ascendancy, like Emery grind if they, you know, okay, Thoughtseize your own on. On one and you have nothing. Yeah. So that that'd be my guess, but you know we we'll we'll have to find out. And I think these are basically the two major builds, right? Is yeah. a build in Jeskai where you have Ascendancy as your backup combo, so you're 
trading speed for having like a way more robust way to win. And Sultai maximum speed. Yeah, Sultai. And then there's another flavor of Sultai I want to shout out from, I've got to give everybody credit here. Todd Anderson, formerly of Star City Games. I actually played this deck almost exactly, I'm sure, today. So this is a Mana Elf version of a similar shell. So eight Mana Elves, four Oath of Nyssa, which is a super cool idea, four Retraction Helix. Again, the four Karn, three Mox Amber breakdown. Four Tyvar, four Rona, four Kinnon, which has been freaking amazing against me. Uh, one of Reality Chip, which beat me a, a game by itself. And then two Micromancer, because you need to find Retraction Helix and it tutors for that. <coughs> and no, but not only that, Micromancer works amazingly well in that it not only finds Retraction Helix, but it's also a win con. Because you can bounce, once you go off, you can Helix back the Micromancer, cast it, get Epiphany, draw your whole deck, and get two cards. Yeah, so Epiphany is just here as a Micromancer target. Um, but yeah, it's a way to use all this infinite mana. That's tutorable for Micromancer. So super cool. I don't know who came up with all this. I know Todd has an active uh, Discord Patreon. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are kicking around ideas. Um, so I don't know who, you know, suggested which card, but this list looks really good. Likely a Micromancer lover. Uh, Todd is not, it's not afraid of a little hyperbole or early in, in, in a set <laughs> release. Um, so he said it feels like we broke it. And uh, I think he's playing in a bunch of challenges and stuff this weekend. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if there's just a bunch. I played against this list and was going to easily win, but they top deck Karn uh, against my improvised shell twice <laughs> after I thought sees <laughs> it in game two and game three. Uh, so Karn's pretty good if you're <laughs> if you got a bunch of freaking <laughs> triggers from Seed Shark <laughs> and you can't uh, crack them. The deck like really functioned well without Rona, which was impressive. Like Elvish Mystic plus Kinnon. Um, as just this crazy value engine, and then you like kill Kinnon, they get it back with Tyvar, so it's very resilient. And worst case scenario, if you have a lot of mana and a card, sometimes just going for like Stone Brains, Cityscape Levelers, he's gonna win you the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a bunch of ways to win in the sideboard here, so uh, Other Flux Reservoir is a card they can tutor for. Obviously, they're playing the, the fourth. Mox in the sideboard, Paradox Engine was tutored against me, and then they <laughs> drew the whole freaking thing. <laughs> like, Reality Chip plus Rona, it means that with a uh, Paradox Engine, they just find whatever they want. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a super cool deck. This deck does get to play Gigantha, which might just be worth it. Gigantha is actually awesome with Tyvar. Um, it's awesome with Kinnon. It's a good blocker, so <laughs> I, I hate... Companions, I, I'm, I'm not sure why they're not banned yet. Gigantha's actually really good in this deck um, as a mana sink because you have all these mana elves. Oath, is, Oath of Nyssa as a, also a great target to Retraction Helix um, is super cool. So, again, Todd thinks he broke it. Is this the best version? I don't know. But I think this is sort of like, in terms of straight deck, there's no interaction here. There's no Thoughtseize. There's no push. It's just trying to win as soon as possible. You can get awkward draws. Like I said, I was winning in all three games. I could have easily won all three. If, if they just hadn't top decked well. So, yes, I did lose it 2-1, but I, I didn't feel like the deck was, like, insane. But it also seems like there's a ton of decisions here. So maybe as people get better at piloting it, the deck gets better. You know what I mean? And then maybe we understand how the deck works so we get better at interacting with it. It's hard to say. I, uh, it's pioneered. This is coming down to punish every single deck that's not playing 
super efficient stuff like final push, right? If your removal is a bit less efficient, like Rona is just gonna crush you. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, Anger of the Gods looked really good against this deck. Um, it actually gets rid of stuff. Like, Tyvar can't get it back. It You have to play all your creatures to the board, and they have no way to stop it. And they don't have a sideboard. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't think this deck is, like, unbeatable. It's just, like, another deck that doesn't interact that you have to have the right answers for, and that's a little frustrating. I just feel it's, like, the upgrade to Grease Fun. Yeah, maybe. In how it plays, like, just not interactive, trying to combo off, playing a creature, and you have to kill an instant spirit that it's done toughness three. The problem is, like, I you have to have certain sideboard cards for Grease Fang, you have to have certain sideboard cards for this deck, you have yeah. to have certain sideboard cards for um, Lotus Field. I will say, I think <laughs> Damping Spirit just keeps getting better and better, <laughs> like... This card is just insane against this deck, right? They can't they can't generate infinite mana through it. Damping Sphere is also good against Lotus Field. So maybe just we all have to play four Damping Spheres. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> but like you say, like just infinite mana plus Karn or a lot of mana plus Karn is really good. Because they just Karned like a Chariot one time to make a bunch of blockers for their Planeswalkers. And that bought them like enough turns to do their thing. So we'll have to see. I mean... I don't know if this is better or worse than the blue-black version, but obviously it's the same kind of shell. The Kinnon tech is, was really cool. You have to be able to pressure their Planeswalkers, right? I was playing the Shark. Attacking for two, Karn is actually just really bad. Just feels really bad. So, it is what it is, I guess. It is what it is. And then we want to give a shout-out to Joseph... Oh, Joseph MTG 98 they went 4-8 with a Arona Ascendancy list. Again, very similar. Uh, three digs. Two bitter reunions as well. The Skrelv. They are playing third pass Iconoclast. Um, a one of Jace. So I think everyone's pretty much settled, right? If you're playing Karn, you play three Mox Amber. If you're playing Ascendancy, you play Emery and some number of Delve spells. Probably dig through times. You have to play Retraction Helix uh, as a four of. You can play Micromancer to tutor for it. You could even add Micromancer to the Jeskai Ascendancy list. That's not the end of the world. Do you want to sideboard or not? Do you want to interact with your opponent or not? Right? Th these are all the questions. So <laughs> That's the way to think about it. How do we attack? What ways do you want to expose yourselves to attack, I think, is the main key. And finally, we have a deck that's at least going to make Dan happy. Which is, our friend from the show, LA, LA11, actually went and made a free substack just talking about Mono Blue Devotion, Omen Hawker in it, and how the Rona combo could actually fit in that shell. So, just a whole substack talking about Omen Hawker to make Dan happy. Yeah, so people should definitely check that out. So, LAA11 has a bunch of success in Pioneer underneath their belt. Uh, when they're talking, people should definitely listen, and... Um, if you want to play Mono Blue Devotion and you want to maybe just, again, be a little more fair, you don't like being all in on these combos, that's where to check it out. So that's a substack, uh, whatifbrews.substack.com. Definitely check out uh, LA11. We won't spoil any of the content here. You, you should definitely uh, reach out to him. He's also on our Discord if you want to kick around ideas. Um, are we missing anything in Pioneer? I think we've kind of checked all the boxes. I think we have gone through everything. 
So the two the two shells I kind of proposed, you can see the direction, and then because people have already been playing and I've been, you know, drinking with uh Irish <laughs> hooligans in Boston, the technology's already just, you know, way beyond anything I'd I'd even considered. So David woke up, made a list, left for a marathon, came back and it had evolved. That's the yeah, speed of progress for Rona. Right, exactly. I'm I'm yesterday's news. I'm surprised there was so little stipulating around these pills before release, right? Like, a lot of people just went completely all in on Dronadex, and before, and like two weeks ago, I hadn't even heard about it. Like, during the spoiler season, no one was this hyped for it. Yeah, well, do you think it's because you're very modern focused, and this card maybe isn't quite good enough for modern, or doesn't have as natural of a home? Like, Retraction Helix is a card people were already, like, like I said, playing occasionally. <laughs> is it just like too bad for modern? I mean, can we port this shell or is it just solitude is I, I think it's possible, but yeah, that's the main issue. I think the shell thrives in the inefficiency of removal in Pioneer, right? Yeah. Killing Arona is not that easy as it's in modern. And killing Arona twice, like killing Arona and then killing it again after a Tiber, sometimes it's borderline impossible for some decks. Yeah. Like, imagine your opponent going, turn one Siege, turn one two Rona, turn three T-Bar, get back Rona. Right. You just want to cry, crawl into a ball and cry. Yeah. So what do you think about Rona in Modern? Like, what, what are some homes that... We've got an interesting shell here from Mason E. Clark. He is a brewer in both Pioneer and Modern. Sort of proposing the flipping Rona plan and then bolting Rona to perhaps play an Emrakul for free. What is that, what is that doing for you? If I'm also playing Gorgeous Mention, that's like a sweet dream of having access to two combos. I don't love any of them, but having two combos in the deck and face, having your opponent not only have to keep removal in the deck to get rid of Rona once you flip, but also having to have Graveyard Hate for your Emrakul, sounds like a good way to overwhelm their interaction. Sort of the Sheskai Bridge effect where they need to bring in every guard in their sideboard. Yeah, the one thing I love about Rona... The fair version here, again, it's just going to die, but let's say it didn't. I love how it interacts with Ren, where Ren gets a land every turn, so you actually end up with a bunch of random extra cards in your hand. So in this case, Rona is really drawing, right? You, you only want, like, four lands in play probably across the whole deck. Yeah, five tops. Cards like Fable see value, uh, or, or um, Pyromancer, because they turn those lands into something else. Rona kind of does the same thing, and she triggers on Ren, so you could play Rona on turn two. Again, we're imagining she lives. She blocks the monkey. A Ragavan. <laughs> she she stops Ragavan. a monkey from being dashed. Uh, and then, you know, whatever. Your opponent plays their, uh, uh, whatever, the 3-2 that, um, you know, exiles cards. And then you can play Ren, pick up, or loot, play Ren, untap Rona, pick up a land, you know, then Rona can tap again. So And get your value going. Yeah, you get a lot of value there. Now, yes, if you have a Ren in six in play, you're gonna get a lot of value. So <laughs> a card that's only good with Ren in six around, there's a lot of those uh floating around. But at least there's some synergies there that are maybe worth exploring. I hope there is. Rona seems like a super interesting card. They might be going a tough too hard on the legendary matters when every single card is legendary. Mox Amber is a legal card in Modern still. I think it's the only Mox left that's legal. Or the, I guess no, the Mox no. with... You, um, have the susp- you have the Tantalite. The Suspend Mox, yeah. <laughs> There's the unplayable one as well. But yeah, Mox Amber is the last remaining Mox. And 
when Reach was a super powerful deck, it was on the sidelines, like people were looking at it and maybe it's gonna get banned, but people forgot about Reach, so... It's back to safety. Until someone does something with Rona. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm hopeful, but I guess I'd be, I'm suspicious that, that Rona's gonna see a uh, home in Modern. And it'll be interesting to see how good it is. You know, obviously, it's the first week. I, I don't want to pop anyone's balloon. Everyone's hype. Their deck is broken, you know. <laughs> Every deck is broken until it isn't. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know right now that, like, Rona has to get banned, but it's the kind of shell that is frustrating to play against. So it's good to understand, like, what you need to do, right? You need to... If it's a deck that is playing green, you have to be able to attack the graveyard because just killing creatures doesn't do anything. Their Planeswalker gives them a lot of resilience against removal. Um, so you're much better with hand disruption, I think, or counter magic. I hope. Maybe someday we're going to see a fair Rona shell in Pioneer. People instead of going all-in combo or trying to play something fair and all of a sudden Rona combo you. I mean, the Legends deck the, that kind of got ported from Pioneer, or excuse me, from Standard to Pioneer, I think could add Rona, right? I mean, just as a couple of, you could play it with, um, who's the guy who makes birds when a card is discarded? The Ravenman? Yeah, Raven Man. Yeah, legendary makes birds. You can get a bird very easily on every every turn cycle, so you get two birds a turn. Um, that's that's not trivial, especially with uh, Rafine <laughs> attack with four birds and make one of them a Shivan Dragon. <laughs> Rafine crashing standard was not in my list of things that I expected for this year. Not gonna lie. I was really impressed with it when we played around with it in Pioneer. The mana was just so bad, but in Standard, the mana, is, they just don't print good one and two drops, so there's no pressure on everyone. You can just play your first couple lands tapped every turn. Yeah, yeah we, we, we all have crappy mana, even aggro decks, yeah. so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I was even surprised with, like, Rafin was super close to playable in Modern. Like, I said she's like 80% of the way there, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, the card is mighty. Yeah. That leads us to the final deck we have tonight for Beautiful Rona. Before we go back to a flashback of last week's brewing, we have Kethys combo in Modern. So what if we just flip everything we said and we take what we heard from our friends, in, from our friend Aaron in Historic, and we just port that to Modern. And we go ahead and win with Rona, Mox Amber, alongside Kethys to just go through our whole deck. Yeah, so we have a list in front of us submitted by Squee underscore Goblin Nate Bob. So this list has not, to our knowledge, been run through leagues. But at least starts with the shell of exactly what you're describing, right? So the first thing that I'm a little concerned about is that Thalia is in the deck. Um, doesn't that make it hard to cast our Mox Amber from Graveyard over and over again? I mean, Kethys does make the cost of Mox Amber zero through Thalia, so... Oh, okay. Well, I guess maybe that's the point. You go Kethis, Talia, and they nullify the same way Talia Baraldu. Right. Okay. All right. So we sort of skipped through that. So you're looking to cast Mox Amber over and over again, and that is either triggering um, Diligent Excavator or Grinding Station, and it's allowing you to generate mana as you do this, and then you're filling your graveyard or milling your opponent. In this case, we have a single um, Jace Wielder of Mysteries that allows you to win the game when you try to draw a card and you don't have any... No, Diligent Excavator wins the game as well, I think, right? Mills your opponent for two once you start repeating... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so you have four, four Excavator, one Jace. 
Whenever you cast a historic spell, target player puts the top two cards of their library in your deck graveyard. All cards from Dominaria, that is all of a sudden seeing a lot of play due to Rona. Yeah, I guess I'll have to like... Because Kethis requires you to... Exile 2. Exile 2, so you have to do a little bit of work to get ahead with Diligent Excavator. Yeah, it might be close. I do love Skrelv as a legendary keeper of runes in this sort of shell. Yeah. Skrelv <laughs> is a very, very powerful card. Uh, yeah. Annoyingly so, I would say. Slightly worse than Giver of Runes, but Legendary pulls it over the top for this sort of shells where the downside of having a non-Legendary was not worth it, and Skrelv's just shines. But yeah, that's it for Rona today. We're gonna see a lot of Rona, not only by us, but by other, by every single other combo player in Pioneer for next week, so don't worry about Rona developments. For the next week's flag track, there's gonna be a lot of them. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of which one comes out on top. Sort of like when uh, two queens hatch and they like have to fight each other to the death. We'll we'll find out what the best version is. This is the creative destruction of capitalism uh, at its finest. Yeah. So with there we go back to the flashback to our beautiful, beautiful fat flying shark, Chrome Host Sea Shark. Yeah. So um, this is a card that Dan and I both loved, and it seemed super powerful to us. So we were really cu curious, like, would it stack up to what we expected for this card? And um, I got a chance to play a couple of leagues with um, a couple of shells, and didn't actually love the shark very much in any of them. So there was zero sharks. Well, I mean, the shark is in the deck, and I cast it many times. Um, there was zero efficiency in our sharks. Yeah, exactly. So the first list I want to talk about, I proposed a sort of blood fountain Demir shark with Improvise. So we have Reverse Engineer, we have Metallic Rebuke, and Herald of Anguish. That pays us off for having a bunch of small artifacts. We have Blood Fountain, Witching Well, a Moonsnare Prototype, and a single Renegade Wrap is a Renegade Map is cheap artifacts. And then we have sort of the Chrome uh, Seed Shark with Tezzeret and the Mightstone and Weakstone as cards that immediately flip the token they create with the shark. Yeah. And then provide this ability to turn the shark tokens into bodies for no mana for the rest of the game. Yeah, Chrome hosting to Tezzeret has to be at least a good line, right? When it happens. Yeah, when it happens, exactly. So I played the league. I went 2-3. I lost to blue-black control. Both games were super long and very complicated. And um, my opponent killed me right before they timed out. So you had even had I won game two, we would have just been F6-ing our way through game three. You know, the, the shark is not a great threat there. I had a hard time casting big enough spells to resolve. Um, I got them very low both times. So again, it had maybe had I played a little better, I could have won each game. Obviously, against control, you're a little bit of a dog in game one because you have creatures and they don't. And so your fatal pushes don't have really targets and theirs do. Um, but I beat Mono Red Aggro. I beat Red Black mid-range pretty comfortably. I lost to the Celta Irona deck, like I said. They <laughs> topped at Karn in both of the Cyborg games after I thought seized the first one. Good old Karn being a stacks piece alongside a combo piece. What's not to love? It's also crazy, like, they play Karn, it pluses to kill all my blood, and then I can basically never kill it with my frickin' shark, because the shark doesn't have a lot of power, and then I can't flip any of the creatures that the shark makes. So, I maybe need to even have, like, a specific cyborg car that just, like, domes a planeswalker, because it was such a problem. Pylon removes planeswalkers? 
Yeah, maybe I should play Pylon. I mean, I don't have that many creatures, though. Yeah, uh, you need the shot to get the creatures. Especially because as soon when they play the freaking card, I don't have <laughs> I lose my creatures. So I would have to play, like, Tez minus Tua to make a creature, attack Karn with the 6-6 six, six or, or the 8-8, eight, eight, and the 2-4. They chump with a cat. They kill my Tez. Then they can, like, minus two Karn. It's just, it was a nightmare. Uh, then I played Blue-White Spirits. They just, of course, had the nuts both games. So, you can see my screenshots here. Like, when it starts to go off, it is so awesome. Like, turn three Seed Shark, if they don't kill it, or if you choose not to block, and then turn four Tez is just absolutely unbeatable. Uh, you can see I stabilized against Mono Red on turn six, and then turn seven just did 20 damage to them on my attack. <laughs> like, it's it's just insane. So... Against, like, Mono Black, the Demon is actually really good. A most people are on Power Word Kill, cannot kill Demons. So the Demon being five power is just, like, a three-for-one, plus it makes them discard when it comes into play, so it's probably, like, a four-for-one. Uh, they just they just can't beat it. And you have actually have a bunch of ways to get it back. Blood Fountain is a double Resurrect spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, I think I'd, I'd need to play a little bit more with this shell. Maybe I need to play more expensive spells. The Deadly Disputes didn't feel as good because I didn't have that many cards that, uh, like, drew when they came into play. Yeah, b besides the the eggs made by the shark, you barely have anything to, like, suck. You have Witching Well and, sh and shark tokens. And, like, the Blood Fountain, like, the blood, yeah. possibly. So, yeah, maybe maybe I just need to, like, rethink some of that stuff. Also, like... The sharks weren't that big. The only big sharks that get made is the Tez portion. So it's like the Tez plus Chrome Sea Shark was cool together. But the rest of the shell, again, like Karns being able to plus to kill a random blood sucks so bad. <laughs> it's just, I'd be like one mana shark being able to play my Herald and then I'd never ever be able to get there. And Yeah, because now producing stuff is useless because Karn is there just being Karn. Yeah. So there's something here for sure. I'd have to tweak the numbers. Maybe you want to just like go all in on Tezzeret and like actually cut some of the artifacts because I was very rarely plussing it. Okay. Um, like I'm playing Bankbuster and I'm playing uh, Might Stone Weakstone just to have like more artifacts, but maybe you just don't need them. And I, I boarded out Might Stone Weakstone in okay. every matchup except for Red Black, so. No necessity for them. Yeah. Or maybe you need to cut some Deadly Disputes and you don't need those. Um, and you just like need to be all in on Reverse Engineer. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you can, you can see there's some cool lines here. Yeah, this goes to play towards a lot more of the shark's ability to produce an army of one ones, or at least a small army, rather than digging deep into the, how to make a huge shark, right? How to make a huge construct. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking is I should rebuild a similar list. And, you know, what's the four mana... Saga, when it comes into play, you look at your top X cards and find an artifact, and then it does it again. And then it turns them all into five fives, all your artifacts into five yeah. fives. So that's actually way better to follow up the shark with. Okay. It makes a, a a four, and then it finds an artifact, and then you next turn you find another artifact, and then you play the artifact, trigger the shark again, let's say. And then so the next turn that you have all these buys to turn into five. So maybe that's just the way to do it. It just like actually kills them. All right. And that just removes them completely. Yeah, and then you don't have to worry about, like, flipping them. Maybe you play, like, two Tez, four of those, and no of the demon or something. So, 
Referring to that, I only got to play one league with Shark in Modern, and it was an, in an Asorius shell alongside Leyland Binding, alongside like flashy spells like Terminus, because it was super fun to have a closer Shark play a Terminus get a 6 6 latent. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. That was like my, my take for a 3 2 deck. However, my friend actually tried something else. My, fl- my friend played Shark in Affinity. Yeah. And went super all in in Affinity guards and just went like Mistra Bubble make two artifacts, Thoughtcast make an artifact and draw a card and make a 5 5 for one mana, Thought Monitor make and just transform every single country or anything into more artifacts so I pile on into that. Got like a 32 power Omnithoughter with um, Cardinal Plating. Because the shark, he went like shark, thoughtcast, miserable, menmite, and just made like four, four pieces of cardboard. That's interesting. The other thing that's kind of cool is um, Urza lets those all tap for a blue, so they can kind of like flip every other one. Okay, yeah. And it makes a body that it gets benefits from having all these artifacts in play. So yeah, like what if your only creatures in the deck were like. Urza, Shark, and the the seven mana two two that draws a card, or draws two cards when it comes into play. It was something like that. Yeah, that was like the shell focusing on the yeah, shark yeah. instead of yeah. Ornithopter Man. It was like a sphere of a slower affinity, but went so much wider. Yeah, that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty cool. I think he got a four one. I think he got a four one by the end. Yeah. The fact that those eggs without cracking that are zero zeros out of like a Mishra's Bubble or a Mox Amber, um, actually can. Tap for like a metallic rebuke. Like the fact they're zero zeros doesn't matter. You're never gonna transform them. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's one of the few effects that makes XX tokens, but you don't care if they're zero zero. <laughs> yeah, like triggering off a bobble or mox amber or something is actually super cool if you just want the, the artifacts. Yeah, yeah, you just want value, you just want more stuff on the board, and then you, your Ursa Saga tokens start getting humongous all of a sudden. Right. And then I got halfway through a league with our, uh, like, Galazeth shell, and I have to say Shark was a lot worse than Third Path Iconoclast. <laughs> like, you can just see in all these pictures how many little 1-1s I have, and th- those would all be cards I need to invest two mana in each time, and I just, you don't, have the ma- you don't have the time to do that. Yeah, so what I learned from testing is that, A, either your Shark's token, the tokens you make have to be huge in order for Shark to be better than an Iconoclast, as you say, like, that's happened with my Asodius Control, where I would go Terminus and just have a latent 6-6 that I can transform whenever I think that I'm going to start winning the game. Or my opponent, it also is acts like a man land, you know? You never have to actually pay two to transform it, and your opponent is going to respect it before swinging. You have two open right, man, and they're right. like, okay, there's a 6-6 there. Yes. And then the fact that if you're not going to make big enough tokens that are worth transforming, at least make sure that them being an artifact is relevant. Right, yep. Yeah, or or you have to play cards that I think are a little below the the useful curve, like Tezzeret. Like Tezzeret to get them for free, or similar. Or like we are saying, like Urza, where you kind of like, they can flip themselves, but that deck also has expensive spells to play. But yeah, maybe you should just play it like in blue-black and just play it and then like dig the same turn or something. Maybe that's just it. <laughs> Playing in blue-black D and hope it works. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it for our shark today. Yeah, I think there's still some idea. I mean, we're still kicking around some ideas. I'm not, like, out on the card. It certainly seemed like it could do stuff. I think had I played a little better, you know, or, or tweaked the list or, or, you know, 
there's still something here, but the the just general thing that like it's much worse as just a generic young pyromancer. What I do love about the sea shark is the fact that it's a two four flyer. Yes. Which isn't amazing stat wise, but for its effect, lately they have been printing those cars as a lot less efficient. Right. Yep. So at least that's something to appreciate on the shark. Also, art is lovely. And incubating, actually, as a, as a mechanic, I haven't hated Like, I'm starting to appreciate the incubate tokens. I mean, I love it. I think it's the only good mechanic from the set. I Battles, I mean, come on. <laughs> Everyone was excited to, like, play them, and then you can immediately see people in, like, Modern and Pioneer, like, all right, so I have to, like, attack this fucking thing every goddamn turn. Like, <laughs> and if they have Teferi, I can never flip it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, uh, good, good old Teferi. Teferi destroying the new 5-mana battle is so devastating. The Invasion of Alara, because not only you cannot flip it, but also you cannot cast a free spell you get out of it. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I was seeing Young Dingo playing Invasion of Alara today, opponent played at Teferi, and he had two Invasion of Alara, 5-mana, and nothing to do but cry. Yeah. Well, Teferi continues to be the fun raveler. <laughs> The Fetty Fun Robber, what can you say? So yeah, I think the the takeaway is that the most powerful card perhaps in the entire set and Pioneer, at least for right now, seems to be Rona. We have a bunch of people, uh, we shouted them all out here, who are convergently evolving, I think, towards the best list in a blue-black-green shell and a best list in a Jeskai shell. And those two will probably be, you know, mainstays or pseudo-mainstays for a long time if they're... As good as some of these people claim, it, it may be a case where we end up having to ban Mox Amber or Karn uh, or both. I don't think we're there yet. Let, let's not even get into that, though. No, no, we're not even close. But if anything gets banned, I would really prefer it being Karn. The problem is Karn is not even in the Jeskai list. <laughs> yeah, so I hope the broken one is the other one, just so Karn gets the axe. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> yeah. We're hoping Todd Anderson broke it. We're <laughs> sending all of our strength to Todd. We know we were saying that maybe he was hyperbolating, but for once, we're hoping he doesn't. We're actually hoping right. there's no hyperbole. Maybe yeah. he just cracks it. It was yes. that easy. <laughs> we can pray at least. To yes. see Karn die. Also, David, you're a much more pioneer player than me. Has Mono Green disappeared? I'm not hearing even whispers of it lately. Well, we will talk about that in our next week's session because there's lots Excellent. of new tech out there. and. Some of that tech has made its way to mono green. Okay, so tune in for the next episode so yes. me and David can go really deep into what has happened in Pioneer during the last week. Has it changed or, well, is it Rona the only thing yes. that's affecting it? Right. All right, until then, my friend, I'm going to bid you adieu. Adieu, my friend. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a nice night. Deck lists for this episode can be found at our homepage, faithlessbrewing.com. And tune in next time for a look at the latest technology from week one of March of the Machine. Support for this podcast is provided by brewers like you. Join the Faithless family and help support the show at patreon.com slash faithlessbrewing for Discord access, bonus content, and more. That's all for today. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.